This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 41, intro to Prayanama. My name is Erica, and I'm your host. For this episode, I sat down with Richard Rosen. Richard is a renowned yoga teacher and author of five books on yoga. He trained in Iyengar Yoga in San Francisco and has been teaching for more than 30 years now. He, Claire Finn, and Rodney Yi founded the Piemont Yoga Studio, now called Nest Yoga in Oakland, in 1997. He is contributing editor for the Yoga Journal and president of Yoga Dana Foundation. He has written hundreds of reviews of books on yoga and videos for magazines including Yoga Journal and has given workshops in countries all around the world. As always, I really appreciate your support and love to read your comments, so if you take a minute and leave a review on iTunes or on your iPhone podcast app, you automatically enter a giveaway. Atleta is continuing to support this podcast in their effort to ignite a community of strong women who lift each other up and is giving out a $75 shop card again. If you want to know more about the giveaway, stay tuned. I'll give a bit more details at the end of the show and I'll announce the winner of the last one. So if you left a review, make sure to stick around until the end. On and Off Your Mat is also part of Patreon now. Patreon is a web platform where you can donate to financially support this podcast or you can become a monthly member. Donators get shout out on the episode and as monthly members, you receive exclusive content, mini shows, guided meditation, guided flows, and so much more. So visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash on and off your mat to become a member and get access to all your exclusive content from the last few months. You can make a one-time donation or become a member at the $5 tier and listen to everything you've missed so far. In November, you got a video flow of one of my favorite warm-up sequence. It was requested by a listener that come to my classes. Coming up in December, you'll get a Prynama practice to go with this episode. I want to tell you how much your support means to me. It's really important. I really want to continue to offer this podcast, but financially it's a challenge. So even if it's something as small as $5 a month, it really makes a big difference for me and it helps me continue to share, educate, and inspire thousands of students everywhere around the world, every episode. Yeah? Okay. With all that... Let's get to our episode with Richard. Hi, Richard. Hi, Erica. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm also very good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Richard, for listeners that might not know you very well, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your yoga journey? <laughs> well, uh, well, I prefer not to think of my life as a journey. I think uh, <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm already where I want to be, but... Um, I've been practicing now for almost uh, uh, 40 years. It's coming up on 40 years in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, my background is, is iron guard training. So uh, that, 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 that should give you some warning there right away. <laughs> uh, is there anything in particular that you, wanna, you want me to talk about? I, I, I have a hard time talking about myself sometimes. I mean, just what brought you to yoga? Let's start there. Huh. Uh, my girlfriend dumped me, and I was looking for something to do in the meantime. Uh, so, uh, I, I it, it, back in 1980, uh, when I started practicing, there was just in the East Bay, there was just one yoga school at the time. That was the yoga room. So I ended up there, and, and, and the rest is history. And so you started because of a heartbreak. And why did you stay? Why did you continue while when your heart <laughs> you know, was fine? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I'm not sure it is fine, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, uh, you know, it, it occurred to me almost immediately that this was something that I really wanted to do. I, I mean, I was not very proficient at it at the time, but like most most beginners. But I really felt uh, I really felt like I found something that was really important, and so I, I just stuck with it. I mean, I, I really can't think back that far anymore. But um, it just seemed like the right thing to do, and it, it really it really resonated with me at, at the time, and it still does. Mm-hmm. And when did you shift or when did you realize or decided that you wanted to become a teacher? Oh, boy. 
It was about a couple of years into the practice, and I, you know, at, at this point, I, I really can't remember what what made me decide to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I, I don't think I really went to the into teacher training as, to become a teacher. I, I really don't think that was my point. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it just ended up that way. I think I, I just went to training to just get a, just get the better idea of what yoga was all all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you've been practicing for most of your life now. Do you? Would you see yourself <laughs> well, stopping or like doing something? <clears throat> Totally oh, different? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm too old to stop now. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I can't. I, I can't imagine stopping what I'm doing now. It's just, uh, it, it's just part of my life. I, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's like breathing, actually. Yeah. So, what does it bring to your everyday life now? Well, <clears throat> the main thing it brings is awareness. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's the most important thing that yoga does is, is, is make you self-aware and aware of your surroundings and aware of what you're thinking and t- saying and doing and. I think that's the most important thing about yoga is to bring self-awareness to yourself. Mm-hmm. Great. Did you find that the practice of <clears throat> pranayama and meditation on top of asana helped you go deeper into that awareness? Uh, eventually. I mean, at first it was, it was a real, it was a real, uh, it was a battle actually. Mm. Uh, uh, oftentimes I don't want to scare anybody away from, from breathing, but uh, oftentimes it, um, it, it opens up areas that uh, you may not, really be comfortable opening up right away and i had a lot of i had a lot of um i had a lot of struggles let's just put it that way at first when i started pranayama um uh and it took me a while to get get a, get a handle on it um i think that at first my tendency was to push myself along pretty pretty good mm-hmm. and uh, you, uh with 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 breathing in that way uh you really can't push yourself at all you've got to be very calm and, and, and take your time so that was not natural for you no, it wasn't natural at all, and uh, you know, um, I, 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 I wasn't very smart when I when I first started yoga. I, I, I my, my teacher was um, was a big um, he was a a, a, a yoga pusher, and uh, it wasn't really it, it helped me quite a bit on one hand, but on the other hand, it it, it was uh, it wasn't really right for me at all because um, I I I, um, I just pushed myself beyond certain intelligent limits, and there was a lot of a lot of injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's so common. We it it, it takes is. a long time before we get to the softness aspect of yeah. it and the surrendering and easing absolutely. into it. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Americans want Americans want to do things. They want to move right along and and, and get someplace. But uh, oftentimes with yoga, for 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 many people, that's not the right way to go. You've got to really back off and be patient and take your time. Mm-hmm. So we started to talk about pranayama. For people that don't even really know what that means, um, you're considered an authority on the subject. I oh think. God! <laughs> Can you explain to us what is prana and what is pranayama? Well, I think for for one thing, I, I don't think it's very useful to, to talk about prana. I mean, it, mm. it's really it's really about the breath. I mean, I, I I can't really say that I've ever had an experience of prana in my whole in my whole life. Um, Mm, okay. My whole my whole yoga life. So I mean, I could talk about it in the abstract. I, I I know all about it in that way, in the in the sort of objective way. But if you don't but think it's important for us to understand for pranayama, I I, then... I, I I don't really think it's important for the average student to really know anything about. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. Let's put it that way. But as far as the practice is concerned, it, it's just just isn't really useful at, at the at, at, at most at the at the uh, average level. Okay. But um, you know, there, there's different there's different models of pranayama, and the one that I follow um, is more or less a, a classical model where pranayama is, is a, sort of a segue for meditation. Mm-hmm. 
So what is it more in detail than just a breath practice? Like what makes it different than just being alive and breathing? <clears throat> well, uh, again, I think for, for me, the, the most important thing that I, that I, well, one of the more important things that I got from the practice is, 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 is the, um, the, the um, continuous self-awareness that, 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 uh, that, I, that I feel. I think it's really important that uh, you develop that kind of um, that, that sort of objective witness that, that that watches over you as you go through your day. And one of the best ways I found to do that is, is through breathing. Mm-hmm. So keeping the attention on the breath, exactly. As but an also anchor. as an anchor, exactly. But also watching yourself as you watch yourself. I mean, that's the that's that's the, the one of the unique one of the unique things about human consciousness is that you can be conscious that you're conscious. Mm-hmm. And to be able to step back and watch yourself it, it, it continuously uh, through the day is, is um, I think it's a really uh, important thing to be able to do. So that's what you talk about, becoming a witness in the practice. A witness, yeah. Can I get a witness? Yeah, it's a, it's a very important uh, part of the practice for me. Not only practice, but just for daily life. I, I think, you know, uh, practice is... Uh, I don't even I don't even really like to talk about my practice as a practice anymore. It's just something that I do, mm-hmm. and and uh, I think you know you, if you want to talk about practice, you, it just it, it shouldn't be isolated from your life. I mean, if, if you're going to do talk about practice, it it should include your entire life. Uh, you, you know, from the moment you wake up, to the moment you go to sleep. What are the kind of things that you start to witness when you start with pranayama? Well, um, uh, first of all, you just you have to just watch your breath. Um, and what, what you what you discover in, in doing that is that, but the simple act of observation has an effect on what you're watching, mm-hmm. uh, and your uh, your your breathing. You, you can't. Um, how can I say this? You can't really. You can't really do anything to your breathing in, at first. You you have to just watch it and let it have it let it have its own way. And um, I think the most important thing to for to start a breathing practice is just is just to watch your breath and and, and take a good long time just to get used to doing that. Mm-hmm. So you wrote several books on pranayama. Why are you so passionate about that particular limb of yoga? Well, well I I think it's really important. Uh, you know, um, I don't think much of, most of us get by very long without breathing, and um, it's a really central part of your your life, obviously. And so. Um, it, it, to make yourself as an, as an efficient breather as you can make yourself is, I think, very important. Mm. And also, and also, breathing, as you said, as you mentioned just before, is, is, an, is an anchor. And you're always breathing; it's always with you through the day. And you can always go back to your breathing when when you need to to, to, to calm yourself down or, or stoke yourself soak yourself up. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned being an efficient breather. What does that look versus like having, I've heard before, like defect of the breath or what is well, it being an efficient breather or <laughs> having a, you know, that's a good def- question. <laughs> defect full breath. You know, I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, your breathing isn't defective. Uh, I don't think, <laughs> I think, it, I think it's, it's just your body that's de- defective in, in certain ways. And I, mm. it's kind of, it's kind of a strong word to use. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that. I don't know that I ever tell my students, your, your body is defective. <laughs> it's I, a I think, rude. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it has a nasty connotation. Um, I think you know there's there's certain. I mean, certainly there's 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 breathing issues that that people have like asthma and things like that 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 are, are, are can be considered defective breathing. But I think most people's breathing problems are are, are physical. It's in their body, in their posture, mm. in their in their fears that tighten up certain places in their body. Yeah. So I think you know. I think that's 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 a place to look at when you feel restricted in your breathing is 
is how to open your body up. That's what asana is for. Mm-hmm. So for you, pranayama would always come after asana. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's right. I, I think you know, in, in the old days when I was in teacher training, they would bring us in uh, early in the morning to do pranayama first, and then asana after. The, the justification for that being that your, your practice would be so so rigorous and so hard that you would have the energy left to breathe at the end. But, uh, you know, I don't think that's true for most people. Well, maybe, maybe a little bit for some, but I think, I think it's, it's, a, I think it's, it's best to do your breathing after your, uh, your, your asana practice. Mm-hmm. So you don't have as much tightness. I, I assume around the chest, around, you know, the upper trap, the upper back, like for, those areas. For, for most people. Yeah. You, 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 obviously if you, if you do it properly, it opens, it opens up the body and, and, and freeze and freeze the muscles and, and, and the nerves. Mm-hmm. And so when we start with the breath practice and we are witnessing, what are the parts of the breath or the, I've read um, some work that you've done on the elements of the breath. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have it here in front of me. Oh, um, you do. <laughs> uh, well, obviously the, the, the first, the first important element of a breathing practice is you got to be regular. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's that's something that everybody agrees on. I think. Um, Does that mean every it, day for you? Pretty much, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, if, when I travel, it's kind of hard to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you, you you can't really develop the kind of insensitivity that you need uh, if if you practice um, infrequently or mm-hmm. uh, 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 unre- irregularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's nothing bad is going to happen to you if you do it that way. But um, I think if you really want to. Uh, make make the most use of your practice, then it's it's really important to, to pretty much do it every day. It will become more efficient. It will become you'll become more aware of, of what's going on. I mean, I, I can't guarantee you'll become more efficient, but mm. um, you certainly you certainly become more aware of your breathing not only during the practice but also during the day. I think again, I think it's really important to be able to take what you learn in your practice and apply it to your to your life, to your everyday yeah. life. But as far as being efficient, I. Um, um, you know, I, I I don't know what to say about that. I, I, I um, it, it's just something that 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 you feel more comfortable doing. Uh, sometimes your breathing can get restricted in certain ways, and um, when when I feel that, I I, I take some time and I I I, um, I I go back to the beginning and and let, and let myself start all over again. Mm. Mm-hmm. So frequency is important. What else? Uh. Um, well, like I said before, um, uh, uh, um, your your patience is, is very important because um, you can't uh, when you when you um, when you do a, an asana practice, it's it's acceptable at times to you know sort of push yourself along a little bit. It, 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 you can you can push yourself beyond certain limits in, in an intelligent way, but I think with breathing, it's 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 quite a bit different. Um, if you try to push yourself along when you breathe. Um, it can it can have can rebound and, and have some negative effects. Mm. So I think it, it's really important to be it's important to be perse- it's important to be patient, but it's important to persevere as well to keep going mm-hmm. and, and not not and try to, to try to avoid getting discouraged to accept the fact that things aren't always going to go in a, in, a, in a straight line direction uh, as in, uh, in, uh, to progress in a straight line direction. And also being aware probably that the effects are subtle, so you can't expect some incredible Absolutely. magical change after two or three sets. <laughs> That's a very good point. Excellent point. And um, because the effects are subtle, also it's subtle where the line is of enough or too much. Yeah. 
you have to be very careful about that uh, when when you start a practice. Um, it, it's very it's very important. Um, it's very important not to um, uh, uh, continue on if you're feeling something that, that that's that's not not happy. I, I say, mm. if if you start to feel some frustration mm. or anger or anything like anything like that. I think it's really important at that point to stop and, and just go on to the next thing in, in your day. And certainly that happens every now and then to everybody. But if it's something that happens uh, regularly uh, in your practice, then it's time to find somebody that can help you out with, with, with what's going on. So if you have an emotional reaction, you feel triggered. And I assume if you're feeling things like dizziness or other like physical sensations. Yeah, yeah it's more it's more emotional usually than it is mm. physical. Okay. Uh, but Uh, you know, people people respond in different ways to the practice, and it's hard to say how you're going to how how you're going to respond because a lot of the stuff that that causes responses is un, is unconscious, and 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 the breath can you know get get into those places, and uh, you know uh, it, it's 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 very common for um, old students of mine to be walking down the street and cross the street when they see me coming because they you know <laughs> they don't want, they they've they've avoided me after their after the breathing practice started because. Um, You know, they, they, they found some things about themselves that were not quite pleasant. And, you know, it's very understandable that they that, that you just don't want to deal with those things sometimes. And um, it, it's better just to just to actually it, it, sometimes it's better just to back off from the practice entirely. and Just wait for a while and, and not even not even do anything. Mm. I, I got that advice myself many years ago. Of course, I didn't listen to it, <laughs> but um, I, I was having a very difficult time with my breathing practice and. Um, I um I was in training at that time, and, and the meditation teacher took me down to, to um, Santa Cruz to see Baba Haridas and talk. Mm. Well, not not talk to him, but sort of write on a blackboard with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he, he was he was not talking. Silence. Yeah. yeah, very strange. Um, but he told me to quit uh, for three months uh, because of the difficulties I was having with breathing. Of course, I I I, I, I knew much better than he did, so I, I just kept going, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> But I, I, he saw that I was not, I was not right. You know, the yogis say you have to be ripe to do certain exercises. And I certainly was not, I was not ripe at all at the time. Mm -hmm. So I've heard people say before, the breath brings it up and the breath releases it. So you disagree with that. You, you don't no, think no, that. No, 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 no. I don't agree. I don't agree with that at all. Mm. But it, it's, it's, you, it, you have to be, it takes a little bit of practice before you can start releasing things. Ah. I, I mean, yes, it's Certain things are going to come up, and it, it, it's it's not always. I mean, your first reaction to something like that is is is, is to tighten up and, and and to sort of block it out, and um, it, it, it takes some time. But no, no, I I, I totally agree okay. that, that things can be released with with your breathing. But you've got to be very careful. It, it's, it's, it can be, it can, you know, I, 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 the way the way I sound is like you're walking through a minefield. But um, you just it's, need it's, some it, skills, is what you're saying. You need you need you need awareness, and you need to you know you need awareness, and you need to be patient. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, like I say, sometimes the, the the odd thing is sometimes it feels like you're going backwards when mm -hmm. you're doing the practice, which is very discouraging. But but it, what often what that often means is that the old patterns are breaking down, and you're ready to move on to the next step. But you've got to get through this 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 down stage first. Mm -hmm. So, how do we prepare for a practice or for pranayama? Is there a foundation we need to establish first, other than well, being open no. in the body in a way that you can actually breathe? Well, the first thing is shavasana. Mm. I mean that that that's that's the most important preparation for pranayama. I think you have to be able to let they have to be able to lie down, and let go. 
and 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 you know you're asking what to do uh, to begin for pranayama and, and what the answer to that is you have to do nothing and um that that's a lot harder than it sounds like <laughs> yes. because you know so you you're lying there and you think well I'm not doing anything because I'm just lying on the ground uh, or on the floor but in in fact you are doing things that they're just unconscious you know your certain muscles are, are gripping or uh, certain thoughts are going through your head and you're doing things and you have to understand that not doing anything is, is a lot more subtle than just lying on the floor being quiet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is hard enough, which is hard enough for a lot of people. So Shavasana is a great preparation. Anything else? Absolutely. Well, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to have a, you have to have a fairly uh, regular asana practice too, I think, um, you know, to, to open the body up and, uh, you know, um, I always start at my uh, students uh, breathing practice lying down uh, to get the um, to get the, just get the feel for the breath first but I think asana is is an important practice as well to open the chest and stretch these and stretch that and uh, mm -hmm. and so we've talked about how it might like trigger you and bring some stuff up and <clears throat> make you kind of want to stop but I'm sure there's reason why to practice there's benefits to it right <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely, 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 absolutely. Well, so what I kind mean, of benefits can we? You know, well, I I I, I, I smell for. things. I, I smell things that the people don't smell. That that's one good benefit. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm a lot I'm a lot more sensitive about 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 uh, what I, it smells in the environment. It's not like I'm a a dog or anything like that. But I I I I I, I often smell things that other people don't. But um, I, I think it's it's really important. The, the most important thing for me about the breathing practice is to is to be is to come into contact with your breath and and use it during the day to uh, anchor yourself in, in what you're doing and, and and what you're saying and what you're thinking. Um, the breath is always there, as I said before, and um, I, I think it's it's really important that we that we it, 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 even if you're not watching it uh, uh, consistently during the day, I think it's important every now and then take a breathing break and, and back off of whatever you're doing and have a look at how you're breathing and, and uh, just, just watch it for a while. Cause again, um, just by watching the breath, it tends to tends to change it in, in subtle ways. In, 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 um, it, it helps, helps calm you down during the day. Mm -hmm. So as you build awareness and as you build presence, because you're focusing presence. on what's happening right now, which is your breath, this yeah. is where the stress level can kind of go down a little bit. Absolutely. Because uh, you know, there's 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 really there's really two um, two things going on when you're breathing. You're watching the breath, but there's also what I call uh, what I call the uh, the movie screen underneath the breath. In other words, there's a there's a there's a stillness underneath your breathing that that's always there that, that never changes, no matter how you're breathing. So what I have my students do is I have them watch their breath, but then I when they come to the end of the exhalations, I have them stop and, and pause there for a while and just just appreciate the stillness. And the silence, and so you're, there's really a, a dual awareness when you, when you're breathing, and that is what the breath is doing, but what 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 the breath is doing on top of the, the underlying uh, underlying quiet. We'll get back to the episode after this short break. Support for this podcast comes from Juice Beauty, whose founder Karen Banky believes that women shouldn't have to choose between their beauty and their health. Juice Beauty is radically transforming the chemistry of beauty with luxurious, high-performance skincare and vibrant plant pigment makeup formulated with antioxidant-rich certified organic ingredients. 
every organic drop feeds your skin. Find your clean skincare or makeup solution at juicebeauty.com slash Erica, and Erica with a K, and use the coupon code YOURMAT to receive 20% off your order. I love their products and I went to visit their farm here in California where they grow some of the ingredients they put in their products and it was truly amazing. I'm sure you'll enjoy their products as well. Okay, back to the episode. So there's the inhalation part and then sometimes there's a suspension, the exhalation and sometimes a suspension. How, like, do you always ask, do you have a preference of when you ask students to feel that stillness? Because you mentioned I, I, at the bottom I, of the I don't. exhale. I, 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 I don't have anybody hold the breath as, as, as like a kumbaka or a tinch or anything like that, but I, I have them at the end of the exhalation pause. And uh, the, the image that I use, as I suggested, is a movie screen, which is a, a, a you know, white, a white flat screen, and that the movie is projected onto the screen, and it doesn't really matter to the screen what's being projected on it. It just stays the same all the time. So it could be a, a, a drama or a horror movie or a comedy or whatever it is, uh, and that's the breath and in, in different situations. So uh, there's always this dual awareness for me uh, when I'm breathing, and that is the movement and the stillness underneath. And do you never use retention and hold? Well, I do for myself. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't teach this kind of stuff to regular my my, my regular students because, I, frankly, uh, they're going to hear this and they're going to hate me for this. But I don't think they practice most of them. Um, and I, I don't think that it, it's a good idea to do the more advanced practices, quote unquote advanced, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're not practicing. I, I don't think there's any point to it. You I mean think like you have to, having a home practice of pranayama? Exactly. Uh, you know, you, 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 have to, you have to have a, a, a foundation, uh, obviously, for anything that you build. And if you're going to start holding your breath and things like that, uh, you know, that's, that's a serious, just, that's a very serious practice. And I think it's, it's much... It's very important if you're going to do that to, to really to really work at the foundation first. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So we use asana to prepare for pranayama, and then pranayama. Yeah. You talked about that was a good segue for meditation. Uh-huh. How does it affect our mind? Is it just the primer for that awareness in meditation, <clears throat> or does it do something else for us? Well, it, it's it's a feedback loop. You you. You lie down, you watch your breath, and, and, and in that watching, the breath tends to slow down and be quiet. And when the breath slows down, it also smooths out. And that has a, that has a, um, a, a corresponding effect on the brain, I think, that the brain slows down and smooths out, which then allows you to watch the breath more carefully, more intensely, which slows it down further and which smooths it out more, which has an effect on the brain. So it, it goes back and forth, as I said, a feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Like it spirals and you get deeper and deeper. Exactly. And the breath starts to slow down. So it, you, you don't slow yourself down um, artificially. But you, you can do it that way by counting or whatever. But if you just lie down to watch your breath and, and, and be fairly, fairly attentive to the breath consistently over time, things will slow down quite a bit after a while. And for you, lying down is not a problem. I've had a lot of teachers that you know, say you have to sit up. You you don't have oh, issues oh, with oh. students lying down. Oh no 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 no. Um, well, I, I don't want to take issue with any teachers to say that. <laughs> I'm asking uh, your opinion. You know, I th- well, I think I think for most for the average student, and I I, I don't you know I, for beginners I, for beginners. Yeah, I think it's it it's not. I think every now and then you can sit up to get a feel for what it's like, 
But I think in general, for beginners who are just finding out about their breath, it's more important to, to lie down because for most most people in, in our culture, sitting is not sitting is not a, a natural thing for them. And mm-hmm. it, if they, if you can't sit in alignment, uh, with, um, then breathing is the breathing is just too difficult. You're making your life more difficult, basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm-hmm. So as it affects your your brain and that awareness and presence and calm state, is there a link between your consciousness also being affected in general, or is it just well, awareness? No, I, I think, well, um, what's the difference between consciousness and awareness? I, um, <laughs> uh, um, you know, um, it certainly has an effect. You know, I, I can't speak for what other people are, are going to experience this, but for me, it certainly has had an effect on my, my awareness as, as far as, You know, watch. Like I said, um, when you watch your breath, you tend to change. The breath tends to change of its own accord in in ways that it needs to change. And I, I think a similar thing is true when you watch yourself in that way. That you also change in certain ways, or at least you you're aware of yourself in certain ways that um, make it clear uh, that what you're doing might not be the right thing to be doing, or uh, you might might want to change what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that awareness of your own self. That's based on your awareness of your breath is very important mm-hmm. to make you, you know, to make yourself a better. I mean, you know, modern yoga is, uh, is, is you know, some of the older practices you sort of withdrew from life and, 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 and hunkered down and, and did your own thing in, 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 in isolation. Uh, but I think that modern yoga is quite a bit different than that. And I think modern yoga, the, the purpose of, of practice nowadays is to get yourself more deeply into life to make yourself live more fully. So I think that that awareness is very important. Mm-hmm. And that's how it translates on your life off the mat or in your life. Uh, uh, hopefully, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best, honestly. Yeah, I'm sure you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so for students that are new or just beginning, um, do you have other tips or tricks or guidelines? Like we, we said, be patient, <clears throat> do it frequently, yeah. and start laying down. Is there anything else? Well... You know, um, I think a support under the if you're going to do it on the floor, I think a little a support under your under your spine is very useful. Um, uh, Comfort. Uh, yeah. Well, no, a little, a little bit of help to open the chest. Um, mm. You could put a, like a, a blanket rolled up under your under your spine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a typical Iyengar thing mm-hmm. to lie down on a blanket, so it's not hard to figure out how to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and you uh, also. Um, I mean, if you're going to use props, uh, sandbags are also very useful uh, to to, um, to help you relax. If you have a, if you have those things around, I, I often lay them on my students' thighs and on their groins, which helps to release the groins. Mm-hmm. Or you can you can also lay one on, on your forehead in a certain way, uh, um, and it helps to quiet the brain down. Or or you can wrap your eyes up in, a, in an ace bandage, which is also very useful. Mm-hmm. And also also, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to talk about props, but sure. Uh, One of the most useful things for me is to use earplugs. Mm. Those little foam earplugs, you put them in your ears, and then when you breathe, your your, your breathing is much more uh, um, audible. Uh, audible, yeah, exactly. And you can really monitor yourself more more carefully by when you hear yourself breathing that way. Mm, that's a good trick. <laughs> for newer teachers that would like to start including pranayama in their classes, or seasoned teachers but that haven't really started to teach pranayama. Do you have 
ideas on how to build a whole class on a breath pattern? Is that a way to start? <coughs> or using Prynum as oh. a theme for your practice instead of doing like a classic seated, you know? No, well, I, I don't. I don't really do that. I, 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 every 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 class I teach, beginning and intermediate, is there's a there's a pranayama section in it, mm-hmm. but it's separate. It's separate from the asana. Okay. So I, I um. I, for beginners, I, I, I have them lie down uh, always. Um, but for, for intermediates, I give them their choice. They can lie down or sit up. Uh, but it's, it's always, I, uh, usually my classes are anywhere from an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes. And I always spend about 15 minutes of that time in, in, with a breathing practice. That's a nice long class. <laughs> I know. That's very unusual. I, I, um, I know nowadays You're most spoiled. classes are... And, well, uh, yeah, I, I get away with a lot of stuff because I, 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 I'm an old guy and they let me do these things. Uh, but yeah, no, my, my, my classes are either an hour and a half or an hour 45. Do you think and, it's uh, realistic in public classes that are an hour, an hour and 15 to include pranayama? Yeah, you see, that, that's a good, really good question. Uh, it, it, it's very, very, very difficult to do that <clears throat> because, um, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, a lot of um, uh, 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 American students really understand the importance of breathing. They want to get in there and, and get and get worked get worked out and, and, and do stuff. And when, when you ask them to lie down on the floor and breathe, that, that that might be kind of disappointing to them and it would really cut down on your uh, on your on your attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know with an hour long class it, it'd be very difficult to do. But it, I think at, the, at at a minimum for for a class like that, you need to do a, a, a decent length of Shavasana and not just, you know, two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. So what's decent for you, like a 10-minute? Uh, I would say in, in an hour-long class, I would say, yeah, 10 minutes would be, would be, would be, would be, would be okay. But, um, I mean, uh, technically speaking, uh, when you do a Shavasana, you, there should be no time limit. Mm. You, should do it, you should do it as long as you feel like you need to do it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, that's, that's just not feasible in a public class. Uh, but, yeah, I think at least... I mean, it, it takes it takes probably a lot of people that long just to quiet down. But um, yeah, I, I think it's important to, to 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 do something like that at the end of every class, uh, because because you, you need that you need that you need that moment of of, of sort of self reflection at, at the end of a practice like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's worth it to even include just a few minutes of awareness on the breath? Yes, I do. I, I think that I don't think that would be out, out of place at all. But I think I think it's it would be good to have students who are not accustomed to doing that kind of stuff get accustomed to to the idea that there's something there that that could really help them in their lives and uh, you know it could make them make them uh, more health make them healthier and make them also better people. Hopefully, in the end. Mm-hmm. So you t- we talked about mostly observing the breath, becoming the witness, building that awareness yeah. do you teach any other classic pranayamas i do when i when uh, i i well i get i get uh requests all the time to do teacher training things with, with pranayama mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> they, the, the the people who ask me to do this always want me to do you know the the, the big things uh you know the nasal uh nasal uh, uh digital stuff and retention things like that so you know, uh, I, 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 I try to, to do it as little as possible because I don't think it's all that useful. If, 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 the, if, the, if the, even the people who are in training programs aren't usually practicing pranayama. You know, I always, I always ask people before I started training. I'm doing one this weekend in uh, in Los Gatos, mm. and I, I, I always ask, I always ask before that we start, who has a pranayama practice? And about, you know, there's there's thirty or forty people in the room, and about two of them raise their hands halfway. 
and you get a, you get a sense that it's not a, it's not a popular practice. Mm-hmm. So why, I mean, I, go, go ahead. Why do you think it's not a popular practice? It's, it's not, boring. Mm, it's not shiny <laughs> enough. Know? No, it's you know, my, one of my teachers used to call it mule work. Mm. Uh, uh, it's just you know, it, it it's 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 not. It's not like an icebreaker at parties. You can't literally say, you want to watch me breathe or something like that. Yeah, it's not postable um, on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, um, I, 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 you know, it, it's, it's, it's just not interesting that much for, for, for most people. Uh, but at, at first, uh, at first, but I think, I think after a time, a lot of people, the light goes on, they can see that there's something there that's really important. But yeah, I think, um, I think most people don't, don't get don't get don't get it uh, very easily mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's it's totally understandable you know um I, when i first started taking uh, yoga i i i remember a class i took with, with a visiting teacher in, in berkeley and um she asked us to lie on the floor and you know do this and do that and i i just i got so bored i had to leave the class because i i couldn't put up with it anymore <laughs> and I, I i think that's probably a fairly a fairly a common uh you know reaction and, and I, there's nothing there's nothing cult you know bad about that it's just that we're just not used to the idea that breathing, you know, we, breathing is so, uh, what can I say? It, it, it's there all the time. People don't really understand what a powerful transformative element or uh, 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 practice breathing can be. Mm-hmm. So would you consider that the more subtle practices are more advanced? Like it's not. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, subtle so, so like what? What do, what do you have in Like mind? the breath is more subtle than the asana practice. Oh, oh absolutely. more, way, way more subtle. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, uh, asana practice. Asana practice has its own subtleties as well. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, with your breathing, it it, it gets into the you know the anamaya kosha is, is the food sheath. This is the outer body where where, where the, all the asanas happen. But the pranamaya kosha is the next one in, mm-hmm. or well, anyway, the next subtler one anyway. And uh, you know that 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 really is where things start to get a little bit. That, that's a transition to 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 the the deeper the deeper levels. Yeah. It's still conscious in the pranayama kosha, and then when yeah. we go, we go into the more subconscious and unconscious layers. So it gets more and more and more subtle, right? Absolutely, no, no, no question. Yeah, do you think it's important for people to even know or understand the koshas to get any kind of well, pranayama yeah. practice on? You know, traditional yoga is is a very interesting subject, and uh, I, I write about it quite a bit, but. I think for the for the average student, uh, uh, these kinds of things are are, are uh, not not. They may be interesting, but I I'm, I don't know how useful they are mm. in, in the end. I, I think it's I think for most American students, it's, it's best to be you know concrete and, and be up to date uh, on what you're talking about. The, and just bring tradition into your into your teaching as a as sort of a a, a background and, and, and a you know a, a fill in for some of the things that, that you're doing mm-hmm. in, in the present. So you don't think like focusing on something like your nadis or your chakras and then, <laughs> like that's yeah. no 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 I'm sorry any anybody out there listening about nadis and chakras uh, 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 no I, I don't chakras um, you know uh, there's a lot of people nowadays that do that do work with chakras and I I, I, I fully respect that but I, for, for me I, I I don't I don't experience my chakras if, if even if they exist mm-hmm. as far as the nadis are concerned. Um, I, I don't want, I don't want to promote myself too much but um there, uh, there are uh, there I I I I've, uh, I've taken um some work from a woman named Mabel Todd at the thinking body and uh, her work with uh, lines of energy 
and 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 put them into practice, which is quite useful, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, they, they, um, uh, they're called the, uh, the, the, the it's based on something called the nine essential lines of movement, which which was um, developed by a woman named Lulu Swigard, who was a student of, of Mabel Todd's, and that that's very useful. And I call them modern noddies. Mm. How are they different? Well, the, 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 well, uh, you know, the traditional nadis are subtle and they're all inside the body and there's like 72,000 of them. Uh-huh. But, um, modern nadis, as the way I see it, are, are on the surface of the body, most of them anyway, where you can, you can touch them and you can feel them and you can have people stroke them. So you get a really clear sense of their direction. Mm-hmm. And then you can use them, you can use them to align yourself in various ways and to prop yourself up. And I think it, it's a very, it's a very useful system that, um, that I um, that I that I put together based on other people's work. Does it connect with want, the meridian? Uh, it could. I, I don't know anything about meridians, mm. uh, but the, the central there's a central uh, uh, axis where the, the uh, it's called uh, uh, the front spine and the back spine, and the 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 um, the, 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 um, the mantra for that is up the front and down the back. So in other words, you're always moving up the front of your spine and down the back, mm-hmm. and then everything everything flows out from there. There's different channels. On the legs and arms and pelvis and things like that, and feet, and these these channels all hook up together into circuits, and it's a pretty neat little system. Hmm. That sounds super interesting. I'll put uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for people to go look into that if they're interested. Yeah, there's a book called Original Yoga that I wrote that has all that stuff in there. Great. <laughs> we'll put links to all your books too, for sure. Well, uh, thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's like one well, takeaway you, you'd like listener to leave? Well, I, I, you know, I, 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 I've got everybody scared about breathing now because <laughs> it's going to dredge up all the deepest, darkest secrets in their lives. But I mean, it, it, you know, um, I think it's, I think for, for the average student, uh, uh, I think it, it, you know, don't be, don't be put off by what you hear about pranayama or what you, what you read about it. Um, it, 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 it it's a very, it's a very subtle practice, but it can be a very useful uh, tool in your life. Um, so I think it's important to just to give it a chance. Maybe maybe you're not quite ready to do it yet for whatever reason, but I think that um, you, you should at least you know consider the the possibility that your breathing has a, has a very very uh, uh, a very sort of um, strong effect on your life, very deep effect on your life, and then mm, there's potency. To, yes, to be able to watch your breath. Uh, with some consistency, I think is a really useful thing to have in your life. Mm-hmm. So, so get out there and breathe, everybody. It's a really good thing to do, <laughs> and you'll stay alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For a while, anyway. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, I'll put all your info in the show notes uh, for people to find you and your work. But in the meantime, what's the best place for them to find you if they want to say hello or study with you? <laughs> okay. Well, um, my website is probably about two years out of date, so I don't really pay much attention to it. I teach at a place in, in Oakland called Nest Yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful little place with a, run by a wonderful teacher by the name of uh, Kim Lolly. And uh, it, it, I teach there uh, during the week. You could, you could go to the website and find my classes. Great. Um, you've recorded seven disc series is that is that right on pranayama <laughs> yeah yes I, I i was looking for that earlier this morning and i i, I sort of found it but uh yeah. what, what would you like to know about that i mean i don't, I don't, I don't even have a copy of it i gave it I, I loaded some no I, I loaded somebody and they never gave it back and i never i don't even have a copy of the thing so it's it i haven't even heard it for years so they're not available for people to 
I, you know, I think they're I think they're out of print, but um, uh, or is out of out of out of it's not it's not in circulation. But I, I think there's a way to get it, but it, it might be online somewhere. But I, I'm not really clear on that. Okay. Um, uh, but what would you like to uh, you know what would you like to know? It, it was a fun it was a fun project. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I mean, I just wanted us to finish with you guiding us through a little like a short pranayama, just for people well, to have an experience of you if they can't come to your class. The thing to do is to lie down on your back and with your and, and align yourself as carefully as you can because it's important when you're lying on the floor to, to relax that you're you're in reasonably good alignment. In other words, you want to have your heels a little bit not wider than your hips. You want your arms out to the sides of your torso at about a thirty to forty-five degree angle. You want the backs of your hands resting on the same knuckle. You want the ears equidistant from the shoulders and the eyes from the floor. In other words. Lie yourself down as straight as, as straight as you can, because um, misalignment is picked up by the brain as a disturbance, and, and it's really hard for the brain to relax when you do that. Then the next thing is to just close your eyes, soften your tongue, and uh, just watch your breath, and lie there for a while. And, 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 and as you do, as you lie and watch your breathing, you'll begin to notice it's, it slows down. And uh, at that point... You're still not you're still not doing anything to your breath. You don't want to. It's 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 very important not to make any kind of um, judgments about what you're doing or criticize what you're doing. It, it, you're just uh, uh, objectively as possible observing what you're doing. And as you do that, um, your breath will start to slow down. And, and once that starts to happen, then you want to start to look at your exhalations more carefully and get a sense of how long your exhalations are. You could count. Ohm one, ohm two, ohm three, and things like that. But you get a sense of how long your average exhalation is. Once you have that sense, then you can begin to slow down on the exhalations. And you know, um, it, it, there's no particular length that you want to do at first, anyway. But you want to make them a little bit slower. So, what you're doing after a while then is you're you're, you're receiving the in breath. You're not really doing much to, to change your inhalation, but you're slowing down on the exhalations quite as much as you feel comfortable doing. And then after that, you want to um, start looking at the at the at the pause at the end of the exhalation, um, and um, it, it's it's very brief, of course, at first. But um, once the exhalation is slowed down, then you come to the exhalation and you you just you you, you purposely just stop, and you wait, um, and you don't immediately take the next inhalation. You just you just lie there and, and watch. And this is this is the uh, this is the movie screen where you. You're watching the stillness and the silence that underlies the breath, and uh, you know um, it, it, there's no particular length of time to to, to lie there and wait either. Uh, but if you wait long enough, you'll feel the uh, urge of to, in, to inhale building up inside yourself, and at some point, you'll know it's right, and at that point, you let the breath come into you. And uh, I think that's that's a really good way to start, um, just by watching the breath, letting it slow down, focusing on the exhale increasing the, the slowness of the exhalation to a comfortable uh, um, amount and then pausing and waiting and, and just watching the stillness and the silence so that when you when you take the next inhalation you're conscious that you're inhaling on top of that stu- that stillness and silence so there's there's that dual awareness that you that, that you need uh, in breathing where you're un- you're you're conscious of the under underlying stillness but you're also watching the movement of the breath on top of that and you do that for you know 10 minutes or so Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Richard, for your time today. That was a great episode. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. 
Thank you so much for listening. We have a great guest coming up, so make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any. Now, if you want to make my day, help other people find this podcast and or get your chance to win a $75 shop card from Athleta, all you have to do is head on to iTunes or on the podcast app of your iPhone, scroll down on the show's page and click the link, write a review. As you leave your review, you automatically enter our giveaway. You don't need to do anything else. And I announce the winner on the next episode after a random draw. If you're newer to reviews and you want even more detailed instruction, you can check out the show notes. You'll also find there more info about our guests of today, Richard Rosen. You can also visit my website for those two things at ericabelanger.com blog dash podcast. Our last episode was also supported by Athleta. Thank you so much if you left a review. The winner of that giveaway is iTunes user D Coil. D Coil said, Hi, Erica. I just heard your podcast episode number 40 with Heather Reinhardt's self-love journey. It was totally relatable to my life experiences, and it was a good reminder of these life lessons we can all continue to learn and grow from. I shared your email with my close friends so we can support each other and share, as Heather has. With heartfelt appreciation, thank you for sharing your fine work on and off your mat. Well, thank you so much, Dee Coyle, for your comment. Email me at erica.belanger at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram and I'll send you your shop cards. See guys, it's really that simple. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast and you want it to continue, don't forget to visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat, donate or become a monthly member to support me and get your hands on all our exclusive content. Before we go, I just want to say one last thank you to Alexander Saba, working in the background, creating the music, editing, and mastering this podcast. Once again, guys, thank you for joining us. Until next time.